everybody Whew. it is a scorcher denny it's a scorcher out there i'm roasting so hot boy is it hot boy hot hot boys wait what season is it um it's certainly let's see spring just ended right uh fall i i, I don't have fall plans for a couple months um I sweated uh, while while um, breathing today, so it's not winter. Greg, yeah. do you think? That only leaves. No. Summertime and the living's easy. Well, I'm also having a sublime time here in this scorching hot weather. And as we're recording, a big thunderstorm is rolling through. So there goes that idea lucky well you know it's just it just makes everything sweatier once it goes away that's true i just like storms sweating while breathing sweating because of breathing is a whole Mm -hmm. it's a whole uh, unique to summer experience but it's summer denny it's summer i know it's summer is it officially summer yet when does summer start uh once school's out i don't care (laughs) okay i actually don't think summer solstice has happened yet i think it's technically still spring but yeah we're not gonna hold off the episode until the sun decides it wants to be you know the closest to us in this hemisphere or whatever so yeah whatever who cares the sun moves (laughs) the sun moves we moves it's all whatever man all i know is i'm hot turtles all the way down Mm mm-hmm Anyways, Denny, it's time to get into summer. It is movies for when you're having a hashtag hot boy summer part three. Yeah, the our, best theme. Our first three peat, I think, of any, uh, any, anything really. All the well, Halloween stuff. No, no. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth is the only three peat we've had. We've right. Had three well, I mean, we get three on a regular basis now. Yeah, well, this is calendar dictated, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> per year, you mean? Yeah, the ones we've done every year. Every year of Movies for Win. Oh my god, it's almost been three years of Movies for Win, folks. That's insane. Wait, I guess two years. Well, we're... Third time we're doing in, stuff. We're in the third year. Mm-hmm. But it'll be our two-year anniversary, because you don't have a anniversary on your first year. You just start. But we are in our third year of making That's... content. That's year zero, exactly. Uh, ground floor and all that. Anyways, Denny. Yes. When I think summer, I think mm-hmm. games. Summer mm-hmm. games. It's time to go outside, play some, play some ball, shoot some uh, hoopty hoops for uh, like five minutes before you need to run inside and shower because it's so uh, disgusting out there. But I'm gonna play a nice little inside game with you. You ready? Oh, thank you. Because I was gonna tell you about my life hack called skip the part where you go outside and only shower once a day (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm I'm doing. I, I got tired of two, three showers a day. I like, I, I do everything I'm gonna have to do outside the house. Then I shower, and then it's over. I will not leave again. Like <laughs> time for the weekly grocery run. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be in the morning. Goddamn right. All right. Well, uh, it's a it's a simple game. Everyone knows it. We've all done it before. Denny, would you rather? Hmm. Is the name of the game. Okay, yeah. Oh, that's, okay. <laughs> that's it. All right, Denny. Uh, three quick ones for you. And just answer as best you can. Uh, really, we're just trying to figure out a little bit about you as we head into the summer season. You ready? Sure. All right. Would you rather have to drop your pants to your ankles like a toddler every time you peed, whether at home or in public, or get eaten by a shark in front of your parents? I can't let my parents win. I think I'd, I'd drop it to the ankles. All right, good choice. Uh, we're learning a lot about you, Denny. I, but I would never, ever, ever pee at a urinal again. I would just always go in the stall if I had to do it that way. Because I think I would become like a registered sex offender if I did that at a urinal. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. All right, Denny, next question. Would you rather have your phone have dial-up internet speed or be blown apart by a scuba tank this is supposed to be an easy question but catch me on the wrong day (laughs) (laughs) actually you know what if i had to go back to dial up internet i would rather just fucking be exploded i'm actually gonna pick get blown up by the scuba tank i don't want to go back to dial up internet greg like i'm all about comfort and convenience and things working quickly I legit think I would eat compressed air and explode if we went back that far in technology. I don't want to see the apocalypse. I'm not going to try to fight off the zombies. I'm going to die as soon as the air conditioning and Wi-Fi are out. That's how I'm going to eat the compressed air. (laughs) Uh, That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think it's... I don't know if this is a universal thing, but it's something I've thought about. I'd rather have no internet than barely, barely working internet. (laughs) Oh, that's a great point. That's a really great point. Just cut it out or like, yeah, if, if you're barely going to work, just don't work at all. Fuck off. I'll, it's I'll, like, I'll read a book. It's like that might take getting, a few weeks, though. Your tires changed and you've got like one bar, but you have to sit in the tire shop for like an hour and a half. And so you're just going to see like four or five web pages in that hour and a half because there's one bar mm-hmm. and it's better than whatever they put on the godforsaken television in that place. <laughs> it's like... Uh... It's either a soccer game or it's going to be like uh, like a proprietary TV channel from the from the auto mechanic shop or if it's like a chain or something. I get a lot of daytime TV that I didn't know was still on. I'm like, these are like exactly the weird shit that was on in the 90s. And <laughs> are people still watching this or do they just run it on a loop? <laughs> Is this being created still? Oh, no, it's going to be that Wayne Brady game show. That's what it's going to be. I can't remember what it's called. Let's make a deal or something. The one where the people wear all the costumes and shit. Yeah, that's... That's uh, peak daytime television, as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, Denny, last question. Would you rather have a bigger boat or get your leg bitten off? Oh, bigger boat every time on this one. Mm. Um, If you could have a bigger boat and both your legs or, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
lose a leg and have a boat that's too small. What kind of question is this? Softballs. You're throwing me softballs here. Well, I'm trying to throw you softballs because it's all been a teaser. Folks, if you couldn't figure it out. Our movie today that we're covering for Hot Boy Summer, it's... <laughs> it's Jaws! All caps, Whoa. J-A-W-S. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Munch, crunch, munch, crunch. <sighs> Beware, you beachgoers. Three feet out, or three feet deep, ten feet out, and there's a shark attack all the time. That's what the shark nerd in this movie said. <laughs> I think. Something um, like that. Something they like that. They relied mostly on, like encyclopedias of, on sharks from the library for their information <laughs> it was a very <laughs> archaic time there were a lot of encyclopedias in this in this movie for sure i mean imagine trying to do this not just in a pre-internet world but in a pre-shark week world we knew so little oh. about sharks at this time as a, as a people now we've learned so many fun facts but like <laughs> this was this was uncharted territory Uncharted territory. Ah, uncharted territory. <laughs> uncharted territory. Mmm. I don't know. There were some jump scares in there that almost <laughs> not be the case. Denny, before we go into the deep blue sea, which is not what we actually watched, but <laughs> uh, what else did you watch besides Jaws since we recorded like a couple days ago? It's so been a short I've actually. Time. I've actually watched a lot in that time, Greg. Um, oh, right. Vanessa's out of town. Vanessa's out of town. Uh, my back hurts. I have not done much. Um, so um, I checked out Rocket Power. Uh, guess what? It fucking slaps. Rocket Power is the tits. Um, huge fan. Um, I'm about seven episodes into Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Um, okay. That show is a fucking blast. Like, they are just always, like, doing sweet guitar solos while robot kaijus are fighting and there's explosions and there's this fucking juice bar slash aerobic center where all the teens hang out it's just amazing i love everything about power rangers um it's i can't wait until i get to episode 17 because yes i checked and that's when green ranger shows up yeah oh. yeah green green ranger miniseries can't wait um let's see i I found out I had actually seen all of I Think You Should Leave Season 3. Um, I just didn't realize I watched the last episode. But I rewatched that season, um, and I liked it a lot better on a second pass, like I thought I would. You know, you kind of nice. got to... It was a high-pressure first watch, because I loved the first two seasons so much. Um, it was just a lot of, like... It's hard for me to really enjoy something when I'm worried they're going to fuck it up. You know, like, mm -hmm. and once I know they didn't fuck it up, then I can go back and enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah, you, um, you kind of accept that it's part of, like, the pantheon, right? You're just right, like, right, yeah. You're just like, okay, yeah, that's fully part of the show. I'm ready to enjoy it and, like, get to know it a little bit better, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, I'm ready to neurotically put it on while I clean the house and go to sleep. Uh, a boy. Until it's just part of who I am. But enough of your plans tonight. Uh, <laughs> we joke, but that is probably exactly what I'll do tonight. I know um, it. <laughs> um, so I watched uh, a couple of kind of weird movies. Um, I watched Army of One. Have you ever heard of it? 
I don't think so. There was a video game called Army of Two, but it's definitely not related. I think that's the same universe. Uh, <laughs> but Army of One is a Nicolas Cage film where he plays okay. an, ev- an everyday I- patriot. <laughs> I'll, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just Googled it, and you click on it, it has, like, the cast on Google, and it just says, Russell Brand, God. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta say, I'm a little interested. Uh, what did you think? Um, for those who are unaware, God gives Nicolas Cage a vision that he is supposed to, on foot, go to Pakistan and hunt Osama bin Laden and capture him and bring him back um, for justice for the United States. It's based on a true story of a guy they really found out in the woods of Pakistan looking for bin Laden, who was just a regular Joe, um, who flew to Pakistan and went on a self-imposed mission to find him. Oh my Um, god. Yeah, the like apparently the Pakistani government didn't arrest him because he like hadn't actually committed any crimes. Like it's not <laughs> illegal to go look around in the woods for Bin Laden and see if you can find him. So <laughs> it was like they were just like, just go home when they found him. Um, so my brother told me about this because he knows what I'm about, um, and mm-hmm. was like, wait a minute, Nicolas Cage, eccentric nine eleven esoteric shit. That's for Denny. Um, so here's the problem with the movie though it's a comedy and it doesn't work as a comedy it has to be a serious movie for that to, like for that to really work if you're like cause like Nick Cage is acting ridiculous the whole movie like the whole movie through he's just caging cause the but, guy like, sounds ridiculous yeah the guy is ridiculous the guy's psychotic um, but when that's supposed to be funny it's not as awesome and like the movie's just kind of sloppy there's like a narrator and a really lame love story about a disabled girl that he builds a ramp for um it's and again it's just like you should have like you should have let the comedy be how absurd this guy is you shouldn't have had to write jokes you know what i'm saying like yeah take the guy's situation seriously and that will be funny play it straight and that will be funny it's a man who set out on foot to hunt bin laden like that's (laughs) hilarious like um but i I just think they tonally missed the mark um the only other thing i watched was i impulsively went to an alamo draft house screening of party girl today you ever heard of it no i have not i hadn't either um but I was bored, and it was on. Um, it's a <laughs> it's a 1995 movie um, about a party girl played by Parker Posey who has to become a librarian and give up her partying ways. But she also goes to a club uh, that a lot of gay people also go to. So I think it was like a, not officially a Pride Month movie, but like we're putting it on in June for a reason type of thing. Um, it was a kind of humor that theater kids would find funny so i've got to think it's gay adjacent at the very least um <laughs> it's a very fun upbeat movie um i'd give it about a three star rating it's uh it's not really compelling or interesting in any way but if you like silly 90s stuff the 90s factor is dialed up and it's just an upbeat little comedy about 
the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> My favorite! <laughs> well, it's funny because I, I know two librarians, uh, Ariel yeah. and Abby, friends of the show. So I was like, ooh, I gotta tell them. I got a great librarian movie for them. They're gonna want to check it yeah. out. Fi- finally, a movie that like makes the library seem fun. Because they're always talking about how much they love their jobs. And I, and I, you know, I love jokes about the Dewey Decimal System. There's a book about it, and I can tell you exactly where to find it. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. That was great, Greg. You could have written for Party Girl. Um, <laughs> you really could have. Um, uh, they didn't ask me at the time, uh, considering I was roughly four. <laughs> yeah, I would have so. been like, what's gay? <laughs> you're like you're fired kid babysitting you what gay is welcome to show business oh yeah that's true anyways uh, so i don't know i i went to see it on a really boring sunday where i'd already watched jaws by like noon um, so and i didn't have anything else to do so so you just got home then Oh, no, I've been home for hours, dude. Uh, I was like a 115 screening. It's like 8 o'clock right now. I watched the whole I Think You Should Leave season in two episodes of Power Rangers and just vibed for a while. I've just been vibing, Greg. I just put on some lo-fi hip-hop and vibed. Like, I would have watched like two or three more movies if I hadn't vibed so much over the past 48 hours. Like, the vibe is out of control in my house right now. Yeah, and you did have to come and talk to me at some point, so... Oh, and I was saving up the vibes for this, Greg. We're gonna vibe even harder. I feel it. It's like waves coming at me. This would be a good transition into Jaws, but I gotta talk about what I watched. Yeah, what'd you watch? (laughs) Speaking of waves coming at you, I watched Beef. Uh, That's Mm. a bad transition. We didn't finish it yet. We watched the first seven episodes of Beef. Oh, you're almost done. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is as stressful as I thought it would be, but it's very good. It's very enjoyable. I am eager to finish it, but also eager to never watch it again. Because it's oh. <laughs> it's something I can really appreciate, but it's also something I'm like... I, I, I knew it was going to be like this, but whatever. I've, I've, I was right. I've rewatched the first three episodes, and it plays really well on a rewatch. Like, it's a really good show that... You could definitely get through two or three watches of and still be entertained, I think. Interesting. Okay, yeah. But yeah, not maybe... if it stresses you out this much. Because it stressed me out a little, but not that much. Yeah, I don't know. There's just character tropes that certain movies or TV shows will follow. Or, and I just, like, uh, they just, they grade against my senses. And it's just, like, not for me. But, you know. This is the best, like, you can get for that kind of thing, I guess. Yeah. In, in my opinion. I'll, I'll probably look back on it really positively, because I'm already, like, you know, you mentioned you watched the fir- rewatched the first three episodes, and I'm like, yeah, those were all really good. Some j- huge laughs, especially at the end of the first episode. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see how we feel about it after. But uh, one show that stressed me out none and entertained me plenty... Uh, it's a show you can watch on Amazon Prime. It's called Jury Duty. Ooh. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't. It, it came out this year. It is a mockumentary uh, style show of a, like a court proceeding, basically. 
So it's like a court trial, and it's kind of following a sequestered uh, jury in, in a mockumentary. But the thing is, one of the guys doesn't know it's fake. Hmm. So everyone is an actor. Oh, yeah. no, I did hear about this. That looked good as shit. Yeah, it's really good. Okay, okay. So like, I, I, Yeah, go on. Yeah, like James Marsden, our friend from uh, 30 Rock and Sonic the Hedgehog, parts one mm-hmm. and two. Uh, he's, he's in this and they basically like paparazzi follows him so they decide to sequester the jury take away their phones and internet and they all just like gel as a group and kind of put the guy that's not in on it in like really like normally like it would just seem like a prank like just some awful thing where they try to make his life a living hell but it's always like let's put him in like mildly dis- discomfort put him in mild discomfort like just weird situations and see how he handles it and he always <laughs> handles it like a real just solid dude it's really funny <laughs> and then like all the parts where he's not even on screen are also super fucking funny it's it's just good marsden is terrific in it and then like the last episode they kind of show how they made it how they kept the secret from him how they picked him and all that and there you see like there's a bunch of near misses of him almost like figuring out that it was not real basically it's fun i recommend it did you ever watch the spike tv show joe schmo i did not it was basically the same thing except it was a whole reality show um but the whole thing was scripted and one guy didn't know it was scripted um I don't know. I just I don't think this has been attempted since. Um, and I really liked Joe Schmo. I'll bet it sucked. I was in middle school. Um, yeah, but <laughs> I watched the whole thing. When you put it that way, yeah, um, yeah, through the middle school lens, so many dumb things were way cool. Yeah, but like, I don't know. I feel like it hasn't been attempted because it's got to be near impossible now. Like everyone's yeah. got their. How do you like? believably take someone's internet access away basically right yeah (laughs) and everyone's just like aware like if there's cameras they'll start like heightening their senses and be like more alert for certain kind of things i think they just like happen to get like a really awesome guy and just like willing to believe almost anything (laughs) (laughs) um it's hard to replicate but yeah, that was uh, that was the stuff I watched. I only had time for shows, no movies. Sad to say, we almost watched Renfield, but then uh, fell asleep. It is on Peacock now. We'll we'll probably watch it this week. I can't wait for you to watch Renfield, dude. I'm really stoked. I I, I saw it was on Peacock, and I saw it was an hour and a half long. I was like, ooh, what a little treat! This is gonna be fun sometime yep. this week. I, I wasn't joking about watching some clips of Lugosi as Dracula. Um, I did. Oh, you did? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. It's just Nick Cage is, is uh, the word I would use is he is honoring that performance with his performance. Like, it's so good. It's so, so good. He strikes me as the kind of guy that would, like, if this wasn't a comedy, he would approach it the same way. Yeah. No, Nick Cage plays Dracula 100% straight and takes it really, really seriously. And mm-hmm. kind of like I wish they had done with Army of One. Yeah, exactly. The comedy is how serious he's taking Dracula. (laughs) You just got to use Cage right, Mm -hmm. right? You can kind of have the, you know, the best of both worlds, like they did with uh, The Trust. You get, like, the comedy in the beginning and then the drama at the end and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But 
yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Renfield. It's it just reminds me back in 2022 where it was like the menu, and then it was Renfield. I think Nicholas Holt has like some kind of contract where it's just like if I'm in a movie, it's going to be playing as a trailer before every single movie in theaters for at least four <laughs> months. Yeah, I was disappointed that Renfield. Uh... Renfield didn't do better um, with all the advertising that it had because it had a lot of fucking advertising. Like, oh, I noticed. I, I was sick of the advertising. <laughs> it's pretty hard to make me sick of Nick Cage's Dracula. Is all I'm saying. But and it was just uh, like the yeah the other movie I was connecting that with was the menu, which I was oh, like, I'm God. gonna watch it. Shut up. <laughs> I almost didn't go see the menu because of how annoyed I was with that trailer. And then I said, Denny. Let's go together. Yeah. The and movie was so good it made me we forget were. how awful that trailer experience was. But Jesus, man, they were assaulting me with that. I'm like, I'm a film nerd. You don't even have to advertise to me. Get out of my algorithm. I'll I'll find <laughs> the movies on my own and, and seek them out. You don't have to catch me with this. I'm going to see Party Girl on a whim on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> That's how much I like going to the movies. I just pick one sometimes. You don't even have to advertise. <laughs> oh, this came out when I was five. I gotta go check it out. Yeah. Looks interesting. Uh, speaking of things that came out decades ago, Denny, is you ready to go I on am. a hunt? I is ready. All right. Well. Scream. Ah, I wish I had known that was coming, because I would have muted that. Nails on a chalkboard, literally. Um, worst line, nails on a chalkboard. Getting into gimmicks early there. But yeah, Jaws, <laughs> folks. It's Jaws. We did it. We're here. Summer's officially here. Just don't go in the water. I don't care if it's the 4th of July. Jaws is a 1975 film from a little director known as uh, Steven Spielberg. I think it's what it is. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, you probably heard of him. Um, he was. Big I only in found the seventies. Yeah, it was a big, big deal in the seventies. He's, you know. Oh yeah, Ready Player One. That was the other thing. So, yeah. Oh yeah, the comeback. The comeback. Yeah. yeah. Mm, mm hmm. Yeah. Indie hit. Uh, I found Jaws on Amazon Prime as a rental. This is probably on your VHS shelf at your parents' house somewhere. Um, whatever it's it's available in some places digitally but i think it was only uh for a rental or purchase as far as i found denny before we get into uh a summary of jaws because i i assume everyone's seen it so it's going to be a very short summary i want to give you the critical review of the week for jaws you ready mm -hmm. are you ready you ready for it mm -hmm. all right uh this person gave it a 78 out of 100 and they said, I saw this as a kid, and the fact that it was rated PG made me think it couldn't be very scary. But then, oh god, is that a guy's dismembered leg in the water? <laughs> Second part was all caps. <laughs> so it's funny that you would say that, because one of my notes is about how much that leg stuck with me as a child. Like, I saw this okay. when I was a little kid, and I was surprised how quick the shot of the leg is in the movie. Because mm -hmm. in my head, like it's like they held on it for thirty seconds. You know, yeah. like it's I, I have such a vivid memory of that leg, and it's a continuity error. Uh, the leg has a sneaker and a sock on. I remember that very, very specifically. And I saw the guy in the boat. He is barefoot. 
Um, so iconic continuity error in my life. Maybe the guy was in his boat hauling around legs. Seven oh, legs. and one spilled. Jaws is a hero by stopping the, the leg butcher of <laughs> Amity, Amity Beach. <laughs> the Amity Beach leg chopper, they call him. It was the perfect cover. Shark attacks. <laughs> kept dropping dismembered body parts in the ocean. And he just turned his back. I like I I feed my murder victims to the shark, and now the shark has murdered me. Maybe that'll be explored in one of the sequels. I haven't seen any of the sequels. Uh, Talk about biting the hand that feeds hands. <laughs> biting the hand that feeds you hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we're here. Uh, Denny, you, you mentioned it a little bit there. What's your relationship with Jaws? Sounds like you watched it pretty early on. Yeah, you know, this is one of those movies where I can't remember ever having not seen it. Um, I think what left a bigger impression on me was uh, the, the the utterly terrifying Jaws ride at the Universal Studios theme park in Orlando. Um, mm -hmm. I attribute my current fear of submerged animatronics to that ride. Um, I... Yeah, that's a. I'm, it's, it, there's a whole online niche community. I'll, I'll clue you in later. The, um, thalassimatronicophobia, I think, is what it's called. Thalassophobia is fear of large things underwater, mm -hmm. or just yeah, that's of why the open ocean. Submer submechanophobia is what this is actually called, Greg. Thalassimechanophobia. Got it. No, cool. not thalass. No, no, no. I'm. It's a new thing that I invented. Oh, sorry. Phallus <laughs> mechanophobia uh close enough <laughs> i'm scared of underwater animatronic penises all i'm saying is i was a big scaredy cat when i was a kid um and every ride i ever rode i immediately had fun on and realized i had no reason to be scared of except for this this was the only ride that i was like yep that was scary as fuck shouldn't have done it that was a horrible idea no thank you um the jaws ride was terrifying um, I've seen this movie a bunch. The most recent time I'd seen it, though, was, uh, I want to say probably in 2016, I think, I went to a showing at Alamo Drafthouse. So this was not very fresh in my mind. So it was really, really engaging for me this time. I hadn't seen it in so long. Obviously, there's not a lot of, like... <laughs> finer plot points to forget you know but like mm -hmm. I, I don't know like I, it, it's i feel like this movie in jurassic park you forget just how good they are you know like when you when you haven't seen them for a little bit yeah exactly oh that just i guess i just gotta watch jurassic park again too that's that's, that's what i should do this week celebrate the 30th to. anniversary that's oh yeah mm, damn but what about you, Greg? What's your relationship with Jaws? <sighs> We're getting old, man. Well, mm -hmm. uh, this will probably be a bummer to hear, but shouldn't be all that surprising if you know me. Uh, this is my first time watching it. I wasn't sure if it would be. I wasn't sure. I, I don't know how stuff like this just slips past me, right? Like mm -hmm. in the deep, like a shark would. It just, it just goes past me. Like, I know of it. I feel like I know so many things about it. All the tropes. This influenced a shitload of movies, of course. Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's like Darth Vader is Luke's dad. 
spoilers, but you know, it's just like stuff you know. It's just part of the cultural knowledge of what Jaws is, kind of what happens. The music is very famous and parodied all over the place. I just, I don't know, I just, I never watched it. Can't really explain why. I had a very, um, you know, I guess sheltered upbringing. So I guess even though this was rated PG, like our, <laughs> this is why I picked this Critiker review. It's like PG ratings meant something way different back then than they did when I was a kid. Well, it meant we suggest parental guidance for real. Mm-hmm. Like use your judgments. Like <laughs> then like Temple of Doom happens and they rip a man still beating hard out in front of him. And they're like, you got to give us a little more than parental guidance suggested. (laughs) (laughs) Now, guide your kid through the beheadings. Now, now PG basically means like it's a G rating, but a character says damn or something like that. Yeah, fart. Like, uh, yeah. Fart humor doesn't make it into G's usually. You you can get one fart for a G rating and PG, you get at least three. It's like F-bombs in PG-13 movies. Fart bombs. Yeah. I hope there is someone counting farts. Like, it's someone on the MPAA that counts farts to decide if it's G or PG. I went to film school for this? <laughs> <laughs> to find out if the new Smurf sequel, like, pushes too many boundaries for flatulence. Trolls 3 rated R for having 27 farts. Sir, here's my license. I am the I'm the licensed flatulence expe- inspector. I'm going to need to see an early cut of this film. Oh no, not the FBI. <laughs> Flatulent Bureau of Investigation. We are just full of it tonight, Greg. We're just full of it. Full of um, what? Full of chum. Yar. Hey, y'all, full of chum. Um, synopsis of the movie. Um, mm. Well, for the first half of the movie, they're on the land and the shark is eating people. Uh, for the second half of the movie, they are on a boat and the shark is eating people, but they're fighting the shark. Um, mm-hmm. That's about the movie. Uh, we can get more in depth if, if we want. What do you think? I think most people know what happens in Jaws. Yeah, I don't want to get too deep, lest I be, <laughs> lest I be eaten. <laughs> low-hanging fruit it's right there might as well grab it all right so yeah people have seen this like i said i never saw it and i still basically knew the plot of jaws yeah there's a, there's mean, a big there's a big 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 shark well i think this is a movie that it's so so good at the how like because like the what is so simple there's a big shark they had to go kill it and they did but not without casualties but the how is so damn engaging and engrossing in this movie. Would you agree with me? First time watch? What's what's the impression? I would. Um, I don't believe, and especially when we go out to sea and we stop seeing so many 70s haircuts and outfits. Like, once we're out to sea, like, you forget this is a 1975 film. Oh, absolutely. A thousand percent. You're like, so much, like, modern uh, visual language and filmmaking is, like influenced by this is this feels so timeless and modern and like how it's shot uh how it's paced the story beats and all that like Mm -hmm. climaxes like ebbs and flows of like tension building and climax it's just it flows together so well that it just you forget this is like 48 years old yeah is my math right yeah 48 about right i don't know i would have taken it at face value but like 
I've watched. I went through a big '70s movie phase. Vanessa and I did a couple years back. We've we've seen a lot from this decade. It all looks very very dated. Like '70s movies have this very distinct look and feel to them that mm-hmm. Jaws absolutely transcends. And you talked about how it influenced so much, like. I even noticed, like, the famous Evil Dead opening shot where it's, like, the evil's point of view going through the woods. Jaws fucking opens with that. It's just in the water. Like, mm-hmm. it's not as impressive of a shot in Jaws as it is in Evil Dead, but, like, I gotta think that Sam Raimi was influenced by this, right? Like, it, it's insane. Like, um, it's also hugely influential did you know that this is the first ever summer blockbuster making it more appropriate for our theme yes i did know that actually this is where we got the term blockbuster yep basically yeah for audience members that don't know uh they used to release uh movies in fragments around the country because they wanted word of mouth travel around them they would release them in blocks like they'd release it on the west coast then the east coast then middle america whatever and Jaws was the first movie that um, busted the blocks and was just released nationally at the same time everywhere. And it made a fuck ton of money. And I was even reading trivia today that, like, before Jaws, bad movies were released in the summer because everybody wanted to be outside. The summer was like a dead season for movies, um, mm-hmm. which I can't imagine wanting to be outside in the fucking summer it's awful (laughs) you heard our intro you know how averse we are to being in this oh my god i hate it i hate it greg put me in a nice air-conditioned room and put me out to sea on on a cinematic journey Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. don't put me in the sun please thank you (sighs) i love this movie it's a classic it's timeless it's beautiful it literally I think, like, the only possibly more influential movie in, like, at least American pop culture history is Star Wars. And I think you could maybe make an argument that Jaws was a bigger influence. I think so from, like, a filmmaking standpoint. And, like, how we tell these kinds of stories, I guess. Mm -hmm. Star Wars, maybe for influencing... I mean, it's referenced to absolute death. Like, even in movies that have nothing to do with it, characters will be like, yeah, I like Star Wars in the in the movies, right? It's, like, yeah. constantly referenced, and I know we don't talk about it, but whatever. It's, it's the standard for the hero's journey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though plenty of other movies did it before, that's kind of the gold... That was the gold standard kind oh, of yeah. moving moving forward after that, so... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think Jaws has a bigger influence in terms of, like, maybe not so much, like, storytelling. I I guess I did kind of just say that, but I I guess um, filmmaking in general, because this is just... The the industry, right? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the industry, for sure. Without this, we wouldn't get, like, summer blockbusters, Mm -hmm. Transformers movies, things of that nature. Did Jaws ruin cinema before the MCU did? Was that let's Patient, ask, Patient Zero let's, was Jaws? Let's ask Scorsese about this. <laughs> um, I don't okay. know. Man. The, Jaws was a theme park attraction, as we've discussed. <laughs> <laughs> too scary for kids. Like, no, Mom, I think I'm too short this time. Uh, <laughs> for the love of God, don't make me ride the boat. <laughs> oh, shit. 
Take me to the Water World stunt show, please. God. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's true for me now. Yeah. Um Yeah, man. Jaws first time watch. Uh this is pure distilled. This is the definition of movie magic. Yes. Movie magic. Oh. Jazz hands across the screen here. Uh movie magic. Yeah, like and on that note, so this thought occurred to me, just realizing, like, you hear all the stories about how, like, the, the shark wasn't working right when they were trying to shoot it and everybody was pissed because they thought it was going to look like shit. So it never occurred to me until this watch that I'm sure that most of the footage they got didn't work. Like, it wasn't usable. And they had to cut these like special little moments that worked perfectly but they had to like wrap the day of shooting not knowing if they'd gotten the coverage they needed mm-hmm. like can you imagine an ocean shoot with an animatronic shark that's not working right and you can't check immediately on the camera if you got the shot you need knowing that you're gonna have to <laughs> go develop this film and redo everything again on another day, probably costing like six fucking figures if you don't have that shot. Like, can you imagine the pressure? Like, how scary it must have been to say, okay, wrap this, I got it. Like, holy shit. None better. None could do it better. But like, yeah, there's there's just so many things where, like, you just... Everything flows together so well. It doesn't feel like there was ever a day with like those kind of complications. Everything flows together so well, mm-hmm. and there's like always this sense of like I don't know how. There's there's some scenes where I'm like, yeah, I can see how they did this, and then others where I'm like, I think I know how they did that. I have no clue, honestly, mm-hmm. but I don't really care. I'm not trying to figure it out. I'm just glad they did. There's that to me is movie magic when you're like i'm not really sure how they did that and then you don't really think about it too hard because you're just like wow damn it worked whatever they did it worked yeah cool you're immersed you're Yay. immersed <laughs> dude i was i was more immersed in this than i've been in a movie in a really long time like jump scares got me for real like legit made me jump like scared the shit out of me uh quint's death like oh my god i was i love that character i love him so much Mm. (laughs) the dirty old salty sea sailor um god it's just it works so well it's so just seamless um i think it's pretty much a perfect monster movie um yeah it's not perfect because i already talked about a continuity error and when Richard Dreyfus is looking in the boat for that guy, there's like a really bad prosthetic. Um, you know what I'm talking about? The fake, the fake dead body underwater. That's one of the jump scares that really got me, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Then never mind. Scared um, the hell out of me. Ask my wife. I was like, no, yeah. the jump scare scared me, but then I, did, I didn't like the way the 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 body looked after. Okay. After, like I calmed down, but um, I don't know. I decided it's 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 so good that those little things just don't matter it's it's like it's like when i found a a continuity error in casablanca i I found a spot where uh humphrey bogart's cigarette changes lengths and i Mm -hmm. decided who gives a fuck i'm just gonna call this movie perfect you know like like who cares it's perfect it's it's fine um god i I love jaws so much man 
Yeah, you called it like the perfect monster movie, and I would yeah. say like it's. Yeah, I, I understand there there was like issues with getting the shark to really work, and that's I think why we see it so little. And I think because we see it so little, it's more of like a tension filled adventure, and much less yeah. of like a creature feature or monster movie or whatever i think it's a little bit more of just a character driven um high stakes i don't i don't want to call it like a drama but it is like a high stakes tension based kind of thriller yeah with with a big monster basically no totally sometimes well and i think like the score is straight out of uh like a classic universal monsters movie like that's like og frankenstein score is what it sounds like to me and especially the way they used it and just how they kept the monster in the dark uh like they did you know just like don't let you get a good look at it then you get flashes then in the third act it's it's you get to look at it straight on um but man like I think what really worked about that drama, and again, we've talked recently um, about human drama uh, in zombie movies and Train to Busan. Um, mm -hmm. The human drama works really, really well in this. And to your point about how little we see the shark, my, my take is that the reason the human drama works is because it's always shark-focused. Like, there is no, mm -hmm. like, stupid love story that has... No, or, you know, like... Even, like, his relationship with his kid that they give us to humanize the character. It's about keeping his kid safe from the shark. It's not like he, like, doesn't yeah. go to his son's baseball games enough because he works too hard. You know, like, they didn't <laughs> do any of that. They they just made the whole story is about the shark. And because of that, the shark has a presence. You know, like, throughout the whole movie, we're hardly ever seeing it. But we're always talking about it and we're always thinking about it and we're always scared of it um and i think that's what makes it so so awesome the movie's called jaws they focus on the title of the movie the jaws of the shark um i, I just think it's so smartly done like the 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 writing and the execution is so smart this is so just airtight no wasted motion even down to the point of just getting the hell out of dodge as soon as the as soon as they blew up the shark they just like <laughs> they just knew that like if the and there's a couple loose ends on the like on like what what happens when they get back to amity right like no they don't care we if did the shark <laughs> if the shark's blown up the movie's over no one actually cares about how this town is doing financially no one cares about this guy's family and how scared they are um they blew it up it's over Roll credits. I love it. I love that they just got the fuck, got out of town after they blew up the antagonist of the movie. I think it should be done more often where you just blow up the antagonist and don't have a denouement and the movie's just over. <laughs> just blow up the bad guy. I was really honestly a little surprised when the credits started rolling. I was like, oh, I thought we were going to at least like two more minutes here. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was not the case. And I was like... Maybe that's for the best, because it's already a two-hour movie, and maybe it does feel a little bit long in certain parts, and I don't really, like, complain about that too terribly much, I guess, but that kind of abrupt cut to the credits was, like, it really kind of drove home for me, like, the sense of accomplishment, like, all right, we did it. All mm -hmm. that matters is we did it. And, yeah, you mentioned, like, oh, all the character drama is shark-focused. You know, his wife is, like, oh, damn. 
it, it's it's never like one of those classic ones like you're always working too much i'm the chief of police i hate mm-hmm. this new town ah, i hate you ah you know yeah a typical. lesser movie would have done that a lesser movie would have done that and it's just like yeah please go kill that shark our kids aren't safe <laughs> yeah just fucking blow it up if you have to please be careful yeah. well i was i thought of uh something you've said on the podcast before i forget who you were quoting um but basically that you get 90 minutes of investment for free and you have to justify every minute after that um did i say that you definitely said that it was it was someone's quote i, I heard it from you i'm pretty sure at least um I'm 95% sure you've said that on this podcast, but I, I can't <laughs> cite a source. I don't remember hey, when. Um, that sounds pretty smart to me. Yeah, so. you're a smart guy. You're like Taj Maori. He's a smart guy. <laughs> smart guy. Well, do you think they justified those extra 30 minutes then? Yes. And that's what I think is so All right. awesome. No, no, no. I think they okay. justified the 30 minutes, the, the 30 minutes we spent. And it seemed like they knew that they would have, that they've already taken us on such a journey. And that's why we got out of town. Because, like, could you really justify five minutes of falling action where they come back to Amity and the mayor declares them heroes and... Um, and his wife hugs him and yeah they go they go talk to quint's family or whatever and Quint give him that family give them <laughs> metal here's that check we owed him yep um yeah he doesn't have a wife and kids <laughs> could they have held my attention for that sure did they earn it yeah but am i, am I glad they didn't do that Yes. Because what could have happened when they got back to shore that I couldn't have just assumed? Right? Like, what, what mm-hmm. would have possibly happened that wasn't just incredibly obvious? So why don't we just quit while we're ahead? We just blew up this shark. Let's just end the movie. It's so smart. It's so... Like, I felt respected by the filmmakers as an audience member when they were just like, all right, no more shark. It's over. We're not going to pretend you cared about the rest of it. This, this was about the shark. <laughs> Once the shark's out of the picture, the audience is out of their seats. There is no picture. <laughs> okay, calm down, Stephen. Um, yeah, man. What, what else do you got? I, I've got like a few kind of minor jokey notes, but I don't really know where to go from here. So I did look up as a fun fact, um, the initial reward for the shark is $3,000 and Quint says he'll find it for 3000 but he'll kill it and bring it back for $10,000. Um, 3000 in 1975 adjusted for inflation is $16,917 and 10000 is $56,387. Um, wow. This town with two cops was apparently going to pay $56,000 to a crazy person who did nothing to prove he could catch a shark, but they were just immediately ready to go to him. The chief, I loved that. Like we see, we see Quint and he's like, does this whole like fucking Willem Dafoe in the lighthouse ass monologue about catching the shark. And they're like, all right, crazy guy. Uh, we're, We'll, we'll think about it. They, they clearly understand. We'll get back to you. Yeah. This is a crazy man, right? And then they don't talk about it at all for like 40 minutes. 
And then after like the third or fourth death, uh, Chief Brody is just like, "Damn it! Write me the write me the authorization to get Quint to go kill the shark." Like with like, just as like, what about that crazy guy from five days ago that said he'd do it? I want fifty six thousand dollars to go pay him. We've exhausted all of our other options. Give me a two. Give me a check for two teacher salaries. I'm going yes. over there. It was a real uh, face off escalation of events. I would, I would say. <laughs> Not quite that level. <laughs> I'm gonna take the shark's face off. I could eat. <laughs> Never mind. I was gonna say I could eat a person for hours. But... <laughs> um, what did Enough you think? Shark uh, jaws off. Oh, I was gonna go. segue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eating people. How about them having the balls to have the shark eat a kid in the first act? On camera. Scared the shit out of me. It was fucking gruesome. It was horrifying. There was like a genuine feeling of terror when, you know, there's always that, there's like that long buildup of like, is it in the water or isn't it? Like, is it going to just pull someone under and then everyone's going to be like, where is this guy? And I will say there was a dog death, but it was off camera, Hmm. but it's still, you know, lost a point for the implied dog death. Very sad. I thought it was going to be like that, where like someone just disappeared, but no, it's just like snatched him, flailing, screaming, geyser of blood. Everyone saw it. It looks like if oh you, shit! It looks like he has some sort of blender mechanism in his mouth. <laughs> it's like blending the child and shooting up blood ocean water into the air. <laughs> Throw some bananas in there. You got a kid smoothie going. Twenty-five foot great white go burr. <laughs> that's what the chief of police said i think yeah it go burr <laughs> mr mayor this big great white shark go burr <laughs> we need to destroy it um i had a few notes of just of just little idiosyncrasies that stuck out to me about the movie that i wanted to run by you um mm. one is um I don't know why to me in my head the shark is a girl <laughs> yeah okay no you're not alone there okay you too you too yeah yeah for okay. sure i don't i don't know why but every time they said like we got to kill him i'm like mm, don't no, mess with the shark, shark. <laughs> yeah you mean she is just trying to eat She's Why coming back for new. I don't. I don't know. Maybe we both. Maybe, we both gendered the shark female. What? What is this? What sociological phenomenon has occurred? Maybe it's the Jurassic Park thing, right? Shooter. You know, all the dinosaurs are female. That's probably like the big, the first. You know, when we were growing up, that's the big monster. Air quotes here. Monster movie that came out when we were younger. Yeah. And all the big monsters were female in that movie. I guess maybe there's something something to that we're going big to old big old shrug. girl <laughs> we're gonna need a clever <laughs> we're gonna need a bigger butts to hold <laughs> samuel l jackson on that boat would have elevated the movie that's all oh, i'm saying obviously smoking cigarettes and just being stressed about stuff in general yeah tired of these motherfucking sharks on this motherfucking beach <laughs> uh. <laughs> um the other idiosyncrasy I wanted to run by you, I I can't confirm this, but I was listening for it and I never heard it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I do not believe they say the word Jaws in this movie once. I don't think it's ever said. I didn't. I didn't catch it. Okay, interesting. I like they don't. They don't refer. They definitely don't refer to the shark as Jaws. You see, am I wrong? It's just like my memory somewhere in my head i was like oh the shark's name is jaws right no yeah that's that's what i'm doing but like is that canon established in the sequels is that just like common knowledge is that like spielberg's intention is it made up i don't know i'm googling is the shark lifestyle worth it (laughs) whoa 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 whoa. stop there is it (laughs) wait is the shark flex style worth it is the shark in jaws real Tell me more if this shark lifestyle is worth it or not. It's flex style. Let me let me shark flex style. It's it's some. I, I want to of... know who's asking if the shark was real. <laughs> like yeah, it, it oh. ate one of the actors. We got a few good shots of it. The the shark flex style is a hair dryer, hair dryer brush, and a curling wand all in one for the three hundred dollar low low price. Is um, it worth it? Google says yes. If you want oh, multiple man. tools in one, it is. Um, is the shark lifestyle worth it? Let me. Let me. <laughs> I, I I don't uh, know. I feel like I couldn't fit that many tanks, even if I had a house, right? Like I don't think I could fit tanks that big and like keep all these things fed. It just seems like a real hassle. I don't think the shark lifestyle is worth it. I don't know, man. It seems like super rad until one day some fucking pirate and a marine biologist come along and just blow you up for no reason. Like, hey, you got to pay for that. As long as you have shark insurance, you're good. Okay, so the great white shark in Jaws is never given a name, but off screen during the production, it was called Bruce. Maybe that's where they got it for Finding Nemo. Yeah. Maybe that's that's something they probably use for finding Nemo. That's, oh, that's that cool. totally I makes like sense. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of kind of a little nod, I guess. Yeah, and it says casual fans tend to call the shark Jaws, but that's never something that's officially well, established in the movie. But I gotta feel like I gotta feel like they knew that would happen with calling the movie Jaws. Like they they could have called it Shark Attack. You know, honestly. Mm-hmm. That title adds so much gravitas, so much, like, pomp and circumstance. Like, seriously, if this was called, like, the Amity Shark Attacks or, like, Beach Blood or something like that. I like Beach Blood a lot. <laughs> Beach Blood's kind of cool. Oh. I don't know. I like <laughs> but, it, but it, like, Beach Blood makes me think of, like, a super camp B-movie, you know, like, about... It's, um, it sounds like a cocktail you get at a beachside bar, for sure. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> but naming the movie Jaws elevates it. I really do think it elevates it. It's just the perfect title. It's one word, like Madonna, you know? Like, it's just, boom, Jaws. Yeah, equally impressive and cool and timeless things. Honestly, Jaws and Madonna, yeah. You know what's not equally impressive and timeless? That one word like Madonna is a quote from Matthew Broderick as Dr. Claw and Inspector Gadget. Wait, Matthew Broderick is Gadget. That's an Inspector Gadget movie reference I just made. That's not timeless. But Madonna, Jaws, oh yeah. Timeless. Jesus, dude. Um, You're no longer a train. You're so far off the rails, my guy. Uh, (laughs) 
Go, go, Gadget uh, train wheels. Let's get you back on track. When are we covering Inspector Gadget, damn it? I don't know. I saw it when it came out. Me I, too. I like, haven't seen it since. I haven't seen it since. You said Matthew Broderick was in it. I was like, no, it was French Stewart. No, that was like a straight-to-DVD sequel, I guess, wasn't it? Matthew so Broderick's Inspector Gadget, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there is a straight-to-DVD sequel with French Stewart as Inspector Gadget. Ew. I hope. <laughs> saying that sounds wrong you don't like french stewart uh he was in that nickelodeon movie where they stopped time with a watch clock yeah stoppers. inspector gadget yeah clock stoppers yeah yeah he was inspector gadget and inspector gadget too um why are we talking about this because i derailed us really really bad i got hey, very excited about jaws and um i've been chilling vibing all day and i've got a lot of energy pent up it turns out i've been really on for this discussion but going down a lot of rabbit holes <laughs> i see that all right um i gotta say there's a lot of dogs in this movie mm-hmm. which i was a huge fan of dogs rule the police chief's dog spiked the camera at least twice the dog's oh, really it's <laughs> a fucking amateur man he looks straight down the lens and they just kept it in the movie unbelievable even the kids didn't look down the lens. We need better trained dogs in our 70s films. That's all I'm going to say. They should have used an animatronic dog like the shark so they could control it. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> You're telling me, Steven, that the shark doesn't work and you want to build a dog? Just use a regular one. <laughs> he keeps looking down the camera lens. <laughs> I can't have this in my movie. We'll reuse um, it for Benji, damn it. <laughs> I'm gonna use it for later. <laughs> I'm gonna put a Nixon mask on it. I made a whole um, Beethoven movie because I didn't want to throw away my animatronic dog. <laughs> <laughs> Better believe we're planning sequels. Um, yeah, man, there was like. I gotta say, you mentioned the score working really well for this movie. Yes. I think it, it added a lot to the movie, elevated it, and. What did you think of Quint's death? First of all, that was... It felt very heavy, of course, but the score goes away. Yeah. Like, it's completely musicless, and you're just living in that moment of sheer terror as Quint gets um, bitten in half. Holy shit, I was... uh, Yeah. I was in that, for sure. Even having seen it, um, I expected Quint to get away. You know, like I was like I was like, oh, Jaws isn't gonna. Oh, fuck, 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 fuck. He blended him. Um, <laughs> but I, I think you know, you see the shark flopping around on the deck, the boat sinking. It was a weird, risky moment. I thought because I like watching it. I felt like dropping the score almost didn't work. Like almost was like so close to like revealing that it's just like a big dumb wriggling animatronic there you know like <laughs> um, <laughs> but they were right on that line and because of that it worked so well i thought um what what was what was your take on dropping the score for quinn's death well i was just saying i really liked it i thought it worked incredibly well um like you said like it did i don't know if it didn't really take me out because i was just like I notice that the music is gone. And something like that would normally kind of break immersion, basically. But, like, for me, it was like, oh, the score is gone. Holy shit. Like, and then I realized, like, 
because it's out of the way, I can really like be more in this moment. And it mm -hmm. felt it. I don't know. It felt really earned. Felt really like. Yeah, I think it was a smart move. I I'd say so. I think uh, this is just a masterclass in scoring. Like uh, like it's it's been talked about, and you know, famously Spielberg didn't like the score um, and thought John Williams was joking. And then Spielberg later admitted that it was like the thing that made the movie work. You know, <laughs> like that it was. Uh, man, is is there a more iconic score? Like again, maybe Star Wars. But like, is is can you think of a more iconic score than this? Than the not, da -da -da. not by not John Williams. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> if, the, if there is one, it was the same composer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Jurassic Park. Well, hold on. Uh, <laughs> I'd say Jaws is more iconic than Jurassic Park. I think so. Everyone thinks it's just those two notes, but it's so much more than that. I don't know. We're not musicians. We'll ask uh, John Wasson Jr. and Sr. what they think about it. Yeah. Um, I me too. Damn. Actually, I've never known Sr. I miss Jr. I miss the third, even though that's not his name. Yeah. Uh, never met him either. Anyways. Um, I think... Well, I'll go ahead and say it. Like this movie, I feel like loses me a little bit, and a lot of movies do this. Where like, like I mentioned, the trust, whatever. During our discussion on Renfield, uh, <laughs> just a movie being two completely different halves. Yeah. Where one is like one style and tone and setting, and the other takes place somewhere completely different, a little mm -hmm. more focus, and entirely set of stakes and that kind of thing. I think both are executed very well, but it just kind of forces me to look at the movie as a whole and say, like, which half did I enjoy more? Mm -hmm. And I think I enjoy the first half more. Because it's just such well-orchestrated chaos of, like... You know, it, you feel the newness, the, the police chief just being like oh, shit, I'm kind of new to this town. I don't really know what's going on exactly, but it sounds like there's a shark attack. And he's just trying to, like, build everything out in his head and realize everything. And once they realize there's a shark, what, like, the stakes actually are, that's when, like, cruise ships full of people come into the town. And, like, every scene on a beach, there's, like, hundreds of people, um, even before the people get there. It's just, like... There's so many people and so much going on. People are trying to talk to him. He's ignoring them because he's trying to focus on someone in the water. There's that great shot where he looks over that guy's shoulder that's trying to ask him something. And I find myself just really, like, swept up in this world of him, like, trying to deal with being the new chief in this town. The pressure of, like, knowing that by keeping the beaches open, people are going to die. But still having, like, a sort of responsibility to prevent that that prevent that from happening happening any way he can mm -hmm. and there's just kind of a sense of helplessness but like also trying to keep some semblance of kind of a normal life yeah going on with his family i i don't know i i just i think that's where spielberg really shines a lot more is with stuff like that when there's like a lot of moving pieces the camera kind of moves through it. We get like little micro stories as mm -hmm. we focus on like groups of three and then there's a group of five and then we narrow in on these two. The scenes sort of flow a little bit better and more interestingly to me. And that's that's kind of where I land. And I'm left missing that in the second half, even though the second half 
is very good on its own. I I love the second half for the camaraderie in it and oh yeah like uh, but on the note of what you said about like Spielberg where he really shines um, I think in those those scenes that are flowing and also just in like the classic American nuclear family wholesome moments mm-hmm. there was this moment that stuck it stuck it out to me right at the beginning of the movie it's when um, Chief Brody's on the phone hearing about the first shark attack but simultaneously something you don't see in movies a lot people talking over each other simultaneously in the background um <clears throat> mom is dressing the wounds of this kid's cut hand because he was playing on the swings um, yeah and, i remember that i remember that very clearly and that's really early in the movie and i'm yeah. like this shit is great yes i'm in yes. yeah keep going keep going on it though that's essentially what i was gonna say is just it stood out to me that i was like this little moment right here this is one of the things that Spielberg is so fucking good at is like endearing a family to us and showing us a little slice of daily life in the family. And then there's this other thing that he's really good at, which is like sharks and dinosaurs and aliens, you know, but like it's, it's the, <laughs> the Spielberg magic is like, it creates these wholesome families and juxtaposes them with these like terrible monsters, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just so he's, I, I, I guess I just forgot how much I love Steven Spielberg. One, because, like, modern Spielberg does nothing for me. You know, but, like, in his heyday, he was amazing. And no one ever says their favorite director is Steven Spielberg. And I think part of that reason is because it's such a like, obvious answer. Because he made so many absolute classics. Um, it, it's I just feel like... I feel like it sucks that saying Steven Spielberg is one of your favorite directors is a vanilla answer. Because Steven Spielberg, when Mm -hmm. he had his working boots on, was the fucking balls. Like, he made badass movies when he had his working boots on back in the day. Um, And... I don't know. I don't remember what I was saying. Why why I'm so adamant that we should take Steven Spielberg more seriously. (laughs) How did I get here? Uh, Who knows? Who's, who can say anymore? I, I don't know, man. I kind of just want to harp on that scene, I guess. And there's a few more like it, too. But it's just like... Like you said, establishing the nuclear family dynamic. It's so cool that we can do that without the father even talking to them. Mm-hmm. You feel like him being on the phone and having a discussion about something very real while mom tends to the kid in the back... There's still, like, a sort of feeling like they're all working together to make, to keep this whole family thing together, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, he doesn't have to, like, sit down with his kid and be like, now remember, sharks are bad. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> they do have a cute little moment where, like, the kid is, like, copying all his movements mm-hmm. at the dinner table while he's stressed. Kind of eases his stress. And they accomplish a lot without saying a lot. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So that's something that stuck out to me. It's there's stuff in this movie that would never be in a movie today. And it's, it's not the practical effects. It's the little moments like that of like dad non-verbally having his stress relieved by his son playing with him, you know, like, like mimicking Mm him Um, or like, when they're on the boat getting drunk and singing songs together, it's just these human moments that are all up in this movie 
that I, I look at something that I liked, for example, like uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies that came out last year. I, I yeah. very much enjoyed that movie. But it doesn't have any of these little moments of humanity, is what I would call them. You know, just like they're they're not really accomplishing a plot goal or anything. They're just like the way the characters are feeling and how the characters relate to each other is displayed in some way. We get a feel for their dynamic. Um, and I don't know, man. Would you agree with me that, like, this is just a lost art? Like, I, I feel like they're... There was just more thought and care put into, like, making these believable people with believable relationships that an audience would invest in in 1975 than there is in 2023. I don't know if that's a result. I I would agree. And I'm not sure if that's on filmmakers or if that's just on audiences not being as willing to buy into that sort of thing i don't i don't really know how to explain that it's just kind of like you can't just say like hey here's some here's some good people you like them now right i feel like nowadays Mm -hmm. it's just like well why they should do something that i understand or like there should be a little bit more to it than like here's a happy family Mm -hmm. basically or something like that i don't know that's just kind of my gut reaction to that question is maybe it's not it's not that it's not being tried or explored it's 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 just harder for modern audiences to really like dive in i guess Mm -hmm. i don't know that's kind of where i land on it yeah i just feel like it's it's one of those things that and i just feel like filmmaking naturally evolved away from it because to me it's like it's not something they teach you in film school it's not it's it's not something that would ever come up in like a marketing or writing meeting it's just like a trick of the trade i feel like that that would be unspoken that you would know because like these characters are real to you and they're in your bones and i just don't feel like that kind of effort gets put into making movies anymore i don't feel like it, it all happens so fast that i feel like there's not enough time spent with these characters and spent with the material to create these these little moments of humanity that I keep harping on. Yeah, I think you're right. That makes a lot of sense. It's just, you know, we've got somebody that's got the voice that wants to express that and, like, the craftsmanship to be able to communicate that in a visual way. That sounds damn impossible, yeah. right? Uh, and the fact that movies that come out nowadays do a- accomplish some level of like human connection between audience and characters on like a really deep level it's kind of amazing that that happens as often as it does now because just like thinking about doing that sounds nearly impossible yeah well and we're living in a post sincerity era like nothing is sincere anymore we're all like folded in 10 layers of irony in anything we do at this point 1975 had like sincere moments of just the bros out on the ocean hunting a shark getting wasted and showing off their scars you know like just this awesome camaraderie and it just sticks out to me so much greg 
Because for the first time in a long time on this podcast, I don't know how long it's been, but for the first time in a long time, we have covered a Dude's Rock movie. This is Dude's Rock written all over it. Would you agree with me? I think so, and that that just makes me think, when is the last one? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know when the last time we had a Dude's Rock movie was. It might have been our Dude's Rock episode. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> and if it's not that, it's like Paddington 2, probably. Honestly, like actually Paddington 2. <laughs> Maybe. We need we need more bromance. Paddington Bears 2. Bears rock. Like, I'm talking Nick Cage and Pedro Pascal and oh. Bearable Weight. The Lord of the Rings. Any of those three. Pick them. There's some dudes rock moments in that. There, there's sure. some real. Okay, I'll give you that. Those, those are dudes rock moments. But um, that was like in December, I think. So <laughs> there's, there's too much like despair and grimness, like I, like in Lord of the Rings for me to like true. Like I like Willis's definition of dudes rock, meaning that like part of it is that they have to always be winning. It has to be like group of guys that like to dress nice and they win at stuff they're just going around kicking ass winning and i see that like fighting spirit that triumphant the boys have done it in jaws and i see it in moments in lord of the rings but man do they drag you low (laughs) Mm -hmm. boy do they drag you low at times i feel like it's more important for them to accomplish that than just being like a bunch of cool bros simply walking into mordor i guess so (laughs) uh it's good to have a dude's rock movie back on the pod that's the uh foundation for the podcast i guess yeah. dudes rocking guys being dudes um guys. yeah there you go uh do you have anything else on jaws is there anything sticking out um yeah the tooth of a great white in a wooden boat <laughs> yeah it just got stuck in there i'm that's, sure he, that was uh, a bad joke i'm sorry <laughs> Shut up. I'm, I'm sure uh, the shark has a lot of splinters now. It's in his gums. He bit a lot of yeah. wood. Bit a lot of wood. Bit a lot of wood. Ingested a lot of wood. That's mm-hmm. got to be chewing up your insides. Yeah. No wonder he's so mad. <laughs> That's why he's so darn ornery. <laughs> <laughs> he got a belly full of wood. <laughs> Was <laughs> if, this, if this took if this took place in Louisiana, it would have been that there shark's done an owner because he got a belly full of wood. Jaws, <laughs> jaws. <laughs> Are you saying jars? <laughs> I say we cut open the shark, and I'm just doing Adam Sandler. I'm not even doing Waterboy. <laughs> You're doing Waterboy or whatever. Ass. I was doing like, oh, the penguin. <laughs> Shock's so bad, he's got all these teeth and no way to brush them. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> let's let's jump into gimmicks. <laughs> I, I think, yeah. Let's hop in this cage and dive into some gimmicks. Hopefully they don't bite us. That guy kept fucking dropping everything he touched underwater. Stop going Jesus. underwater. Seriously. <laughs> oh, butterfingers. Fucking Richard Dreyfus. Fucking nerd. Shark nerd. All right, Denny. Um... A three-peat of a gimmick of the week. Yes. Denny, the gimmick of the week this week, as it has been in past Hot Boy Summers, what is your too-hot-to-handle moment? 
It is uh, a moment that is absolutely iconic that has been parodied and referenced in umpteen pieces of media I've seen. And I just got butterflies in my stomach, like literal butterflies in my stomach, not literal, but you know what I Thank mean. Thank you. It actually happened. It actually happened. I felt the flutters. Um, I ate butterflies. When, when Quint scratches the chalkboard and gives his crazy man monologue about killing sharks um i was just like there it is there's your fucking iconic moment in cinema history it's an a plus it's legendary this is uh, it's just everything that's my too hot to handle moment in the movie and i know you hated it um so you can just pick a different moment i don't know <laughs> this the speech the speech was great it's the nails on a chalk the literal nails on a chalkboard that i was just like scrambling for the remote please mute this get it out of my ears thank you I'm uh, weird. That's never bothered me. Uh, I have nails on a chalkboard, I'm fine with it. It's never bothered me. Noise stuff, I guess, can irritate me pretty hard. So, oh well. Different strokes for different folks. Uh, my too hot to handle moment. It is the guys in the boat showing off all their scars to each other while drinking. Yes. <laughs> like, I got them beat. I got them beat. This is a moray eel that bit right through my wetsuit. Just shit like that. It's just like, you think that was bad. And it's all like, oh, that is bad. That does rock. That is awesome. Holy shit. And yeah, I loved it. It is a guys being dudes moment. Too hot to handle. Because just like, oh, we are all in the same boat, metaphorically and literally. Very cool stuff. What you got for favorite line? I only got one, and one is all I need. It's classic, it's iconic for a reason. Just hitting, hitting the shark with a one-liner. Smile, you son of a bitch. Oh my god, it's so fucking cool. Ugh, it's, it's just the coolest. I was like getting through it, I was like, some of these kind of work. I think these could be favorite lines. I'll probably... Uh, scramble for one off IMDb before we record, and then he hits him with a smile, you son of a bitch. And God, like, God, so fucking damn. good. I found it. There's your action hero ass moment. There you go. Like I said, this influenced lots of things. It's another thing Spielberg is great at action heroes. Um, mine is I love a good toast, Greg. I, I, I wish. I wish people asked me to toast more because I love making toast. Um, maybe I should start drinking again so there will be more toast in my <laughs> life. Um, but uh, I got to go with Quince, my favorite characters. Here's to swimming with bow-legged women. What a great toast. That was one of the ones that I briefly considered. Yes, what I did like that. What a fantastic toast. Loved it. <laughs> All right, Denny. Um... Almost done with gimmicks here. What's your favorite? Not favorite, sorry. What is your Critiker score for Jaws? So I am grading this in the genre of a monster movie. Um, that's what this is to me first and foremost. It's a monster movie. Um, and I am giving it a 50 out of 50. Um, Ooh, this is a perfect wow. monster movie. Um, I, I, there's nothing wrong with it. It's perfect at what it does. It's perfect. I think the only other one I would put this high is uh, 1931's Frankenstein. I think. I was. For, yeah, I was about to say the original Frankenstein, right? Yeah, I gave that a 50, didn't I? <laughs> I'm pretty sure, yeah. Let me check. If I didn't, I'm going to change it. Um, I've got the, uh, the spreadsheet here. I can tell you here in a second. You gave it a 47 when we did review it. 
Uh, I think there's like a few. Like it's it's just not as much of a complete piece as you gave uh, the thing a fifty. There we go. Okay, the thing yeah. and Jaws are my two five star monster movies, and Frankenstein is is one A. I would say I'm gonna keep it at one A because. I do think there's like a few little sloppier parts of Frankenstein, but it's also 1931. I think they did a pretty fucking good job uh, for, for what they were working with. What's your critic right score, Greg? Uh, I'm not comparing it to Frankenstein at all. Um, I gave this one a 34 out of 40, which is like an 8.5 out of 10. Nice. Do you want to convert that? Uh, very good. Extremely good. Uh like I said, there was a lot of, um, I felt like I was being forced to choose. I know it wasn't designed this way, but like, I felt like I was kind of cornered with picking which half of the movie was my favorite half. And, you know, maybe things ran a little bit too long. I feel like it was mostly justified, but I did find myself a little like, not spoken to as much as like, this is a perfect movie or whatever, but it's very good. It's incredible. It's timeless. Um, it influenced so many things that we see today. And I don't know, I recognize where it stands in film history and I don't know, I really appreciate it. 34 is a very, it's a very good rating. I could, I could raise it higher, but you know, I did have to take off a point for a dog dying. True. So, eh, you know, I, it's a strong, strong score for a strong movie. I think knowing us both and knowing our taste, it makes sense that you would think this is a good movie, but I would have a spiritual experience. Um, you know, like <laughs> that's just the kind of guys we are. So I think that's very on brand. Yeah, we're just guys being dudes. Just so guys we did it. Dudes. We did it. That's These movies for win. Ah, yet again. Dudes will rock again. Uh, that was movies for when you're having a hot boy summer. And this summer, the best movie for when you're having a hot boy summer is, of course jaws 3d so <laughs> that having been said denny uh we had we've we finished our korean cinema theme that was our yes. last big theme thank you all for listening by the way a lot of people really <laughs> don't like old boy the movie so yeah they're like mad on facebook that we did it <laughs> it's like it almost won the poll guys people wanted this yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we covered it anyways um this is kind of a one-off because it's summertime again. But it's time to get into our next theme, Denny. And, you know, I would, I would describe us as, as brave, right? Pushing the boundaries. You know, I, I, I feel like me and you, we're kind of the, I wouldn't call us bad boys, but we're, we're just, we're living life on the edge, right? Sometimes the rules, right? The rules don't apply to us. And for our next theme, I don't think there's a rule in the rule book that says a dog can't be president. Folks, we've been a little too serious. Korean cinema as a whole with what we covered was a little too serious, a little too dramatic. Yes. Uh, Jaws, a, while a little bit more lighthearted, I guess, in terms of our discussion, is a very serious piece of, like, film history it's a piece of history it's time to get a little less serious <laughs> we're gonna see how far we can stretch the airbud premise in our new series i think we landed on the title movies for when 
Airbud Two wasn't derivative <laughs> enough. Is that, is that I don't. Mean? I don't know if we're gonna go with that or not. <laughs> the gist of it is, if there's an animal playing a sport, it's going to be in this next theme. Uh, whether or not it's a dog, there's no law in the Constitution that says a dog can't be president. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Denny. Uh, do you do you happen to have a pick for I mean, our uh, sports animals films? I don't. We've know. already covered MVP, most valuable primate, on this podcast. I think that's the last animal playing sport we covered. I mean, what we haven't covered is Airbud. We haven't covered Airbud. Sure, is that going to be your pick? It might be. I feel like someone's got to pick it for this theme. <laughs> someone's got to watch Airbud. Um. Okay, I'm going to put you in. I think you want to do that next week to kind of intro the theme as, you know, yeah, where it all let's started. Yeah, Airbud next week. I'm fucking down. Let's go. That's where, my pick. My pick's we'll Airbud. We'll start with Airbud. We'll start with Airbud, and then we'll shoot off from there to see what went wrong with this premise. It's going um, to be MVP too, people. That's what Greg's going to pick, I'm sure of it. God damn it. You ruined my thing. Oh, shit. <laughs> did I ruin it? I no, no. I ruin I, it. The fact that you guessed it just is way funnier. I didn't guess um, it. You told me. <laughs> I told you in so many words. So yeah, like Denny said, I can't. I can't pick MVP most valuable primate again, but I can pick MVP two most vertical primates. This is uh, going to be the one fucking where, awesome. It's the one where he skateboards, people. Um, hold on, I got to type all this into the spreadsheet. Most vertical primates. This is a serious film podcast, folks. And the uh, the third film is going to be up to you guys. It doesn't have to be in the same Airbud franchise. It could be uh, that movie where Matt LeBlanc plays baseball with a chimp, but I heard that one was really bad. Um, I think there's like a donkey that plays football. There's a movie from the 70s called Matilda. It's not about a little psychic girl. It is about a kangaroo that boxes people. <laughs> So, and let us not forget Airbud Two Golden Receiver. Um, you know what I watched what? M- more times than I should have when I was younger? Uh, Airbud World Pup, the one where you play soccer. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, um, uh, from the year two thousand. What, what's our policy on on the buddies spinoff? Do, do, does that qualify for this theme? If they play sports, yeah. It, there's the ones where they go to space and they're superheroes or it's Halloween or some shit. Those don't count. They're not playing sports. The the animals need to be playing sports for it to qualify. I'm just trying to think if there's going to be enough poll options. <laughs> we'll find some. We'll we'll reach out to people we know. There's, there's probably more than we think. Um, I hope. it might be a two movie episode (laughs) no no we'll we'll cover like like whatever's the least believable for a dog to play (laughs) (laughs) ones where they're like really running out of ideas but anyways that's that's the next theme we hope you'll uh we hope you'll join us because we're doing this for you guys (laughs) it's gonna be our dumbest theme since when you want to see a monkey Ah, uh, you see, there's that connecting thread. Um, it's summer. Let's let's fuck around a little. Yeah. So, that's it, folks. Next week, get ready for Airbud. I'm sure it's on Disney Plus or whatever. Make sure you're brushed up on your Airbud. Uh, <laughs> latest watch through or whatever. 
Anyways, this has been Movies for Win. Denny, I see a dorsal fin out in the water where the swimmers are. Oh, no. But you turn it over. It's just a couple of catchphrases trying to fuck with people. Denny, what is the catchphrase? Hit me with it. For Greg work, the severed leg work, Johnson. <laughs> yes. I'm Denny the Talent Taylor. Saying. Show me the way to go home. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. I had a little drink about an hour ago and it went right to my head. Show me the way to go home. Show me the way to go home. <laughs> but you know what we didn't tell you? <laughs> What's my cage again? <laughs> I'm a policeman. Close the beach. <laughs> <laughs>